In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text is uh, taken from the gospel lesson I read a few moments ago, and also the passages around this one. I invite you to join with me in reading from uh, John chapter 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. People of God, people of faith, is uh, based upon a cornerstone, built upon a cornerstone of Christ Jesus. Anyway, no way. Yes way. The way. You know, the more that things uh, change, the more it seems that they stay the same. Uh, in October 31st of this year, we celebrate the uh, 500th anniversary of the Lutheran Reformation. For on that day, 500 years ago, Martin Luther uh, nailed the 95 Theses uh, to the door of the Wittenberg Church. Now, 500 years ago, if we were to take a survey of people and say, what's the most important thing that you're thinking about? What's the biggest question of your mind? Uh, People would have responded, is there really a way to get to heaven? Is there really a way to God? Is there a way that can be trusted that will take me to eternity? That was the number one uh, series of questions on the minds of people uh, 500 years ago. Now, as as my perception, uh, living in our society today, that that's probably not the question that most people have on their minds. It seems to me that uh, the question that most people have on their mind today is... uh, Is there a way in this life that will help me pursue my happiness? Uh, What way of living will make my life meaningful and important? Now, those two questions uh, seem to be quite a bit different. And yet there is a common theme and a common word that is found in both of them. That theme, that word, is way. What's the way? What's the way? And in the gospel lesson for this morning, even though the questions are a little bit different, Jesus answers both of those questions uh, as he talked with his disciples less than 24 hours before his death. So let's see how Jesus, first of all, addresses the first question, the one that was raised on the minds of people 500 years ago. Is there really a way to God? Is there really a way to eternity? Now, 500 years ago, uh, unfortunately, uh, there was an answer that was consistently given uh, to people and said, yes, there is a way uh, if you work hard enough at it. There is a way that if you really work hard uh, and if you, uh, after this life, spend thousands and thousands of years in purgatory, Uh, so that you purify yourself, so that you uh, pay for all of your sins, then there is a possibility that after all of those years and all of that suffering, uh, you would be good enough to be acceptable to God. Now, when we hear that kind of answer, we realize that answer is basically a no-way answer. No-way answer. Because... How could any sinful person ever make themselves holy enough 
to stand in the presence of holy God. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now, 500 years ago, that was basically the answer that was given to most of the people. But when we take a look at the text, Jesus gives a totally different answer to the question. And he gives this answer by stating, yes, there is a way. I am that way. Because the only way to get to the Father is not through your works, but through my works. That's what Jesus is saying. No one gets to the Father except through me. That's the answer that Jesus is giving. Now, within 24 hours of making this bold statement, Jesus was crucified, died, buried in a borrowed tomb. I'm sure that the disciples, as they thought about this statement of Jesus, that he is the way, uh, they probably thought to themselves, look, Jesus, we don't need a way to death. We don't know, need somebody to show us how to reach the grave. We got plenty of that already in our world today. And so as Jesus was there in the tomb on that holy Saturday, his words probably seemed very empty and without meaning to the disciples. But then came the resurrection. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, everything changed for the disciples. As the followers of Jesus met with the risen Lord for more than 40 days, they realized, and it suddenly dawned on them, they were not only seeing one who had conquered death, they were seeing eternal life in a person. When they saw Jesus and touched with him and listened to his words, not only did they realize here was one who had conquered death, but here is one who is eternity in a person. He is the eternal one. He has conquered death. And he was assuring them not only that he will live eternally, but he will also give them eternal life. By his death on the cross, Jesus paid the penalty of our sins so that when we stand before God, God looks at us not as sinners, but as forgiven ones covered with Christ Jesus. And by his resurrection then from the dead, Jesus promises to bring us into the presence of God the Father. And so to the question that was raised 500 years ago, is there a way to get to God? Is there a way to enter into eternity? Jesus is answering, yes, indeed, I am that way, the only way to the Father. Now, today's gospel lesson also records a part of a conversation that Jesus had uh, as he, uh, leading up to these particular words. And one of the things that Jesus told his disciples, he said that he was going uh, there in his father's house. There were many rooms, or sometimes it's translated mansions. <clears throat> now, the Greek word there means permanent dwellings. So it has nothing to do with about size of, this, of the room. It has to do with a permanent dwelling. And so Jesus says, I am going into heaven, and I'm going to prepare a permanent place in heaven for you. 
Imagine that. Jesus in heaven preparing a permanent place for each one of us so that we can live in eternity with him forever. And then Jesus follows it up with another promise. He said, when the time is right for you to leave this earth, I myself will come and get you and take you to be with me for all eternity. He didn't say he was going to send an angel. He said he was going to come in person to take us to be with him for all eternity. Jesus is indeed the way. The way to a permanent dwelling in eternity to be permanently with God our Heavenly Father. Now in her book, Beyond Ourselves, Catherine Marshall wrote about an experience which mirrors the promise of Jesus. Catherine Marshall wrote about in in the 1930s, um, wrote about a young son of uh, one of Catherine's friends, and this young son had tuberculosis. The 1930s was before the time of the use of penicillin. Uh, Anybody who received uh, the diagnosis of uh, tuberculosis was pretty well given a death sentence. Very, very uh, difficult. And so uh, Catherine Marshall's uh, 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 friend, uh, her young son, uh, was dying of tuberculosis. And one day, as the mother was taking care of her son... Uh, he unexpectedly uh, asked her, said, Mom, uh, what is it like to die? What is it like to die? Can you imagine being that mother? And uh, your dying son asks you that. So uh, it caught her so off guard, uh, she told her son, uh, I've got to go in the kitchen and get something off the stove. She rushed into the kitchen where she cried and cried and cried. And then uh, after crying for a while and gaining her rep- uh, regaining her composure, she came in and she talked to her son this way. She said, son, you asked me about what is it like to die. He said, when you were two or three years old, you never wanted to go to bed at night. You never wanted to go to bed at night. And so uh, you would be in the living room where your dad and I were sitting there and uh, and you would be playing with your toys on the floor, and you would play and play and play until finally you'd fall asleep, laying there on the floor. But when you woke up in the morning, where were you? You were upstairs, in your bedroom, in your bed, right where you belonged. Now, the reason that you were upstairs is because after you'd fallen asleep on the floor, your father picked you up in his strong and powerful arms, carried you upstairs and put you in bed so that when you woke up in the morning, you were exactly where you were supposed to be. And she said, that's what it's like to die. When we fall asleep, then Jesus himself will pick us up in his strong and powerful arms, carrying us up into heaven so that when we wake up, we're right where we're supposed to be, in his presence. You see... Jesus wants us to have absolute, complete assurance that there is indeed a way to God and a way to eternity. Not because we are so good or better than anybody else. It's because He is good. He is faithful. And He is that way. 
that by his crucifixion and death, he has paid the penalty of our sin, and that by his resurrection, he opens the way to eternity for us and will personally bring us there. The answer to the first question, is there a way to God? Is there a way to eternity? Jesus answers, yes, because I am the way. The second question, is there a way of living in our world today that will help me on my path to pursuit of happiness, to a life that is valuable and important? And Jesus answers this one also. Not only is Jesus the way to God, he is also the way of real and genuine living today. He leads us in ways that are valuable and important, as well as joyful. Now, perhaps there were times uh, when our moms had to discipline us and they told us, that's not the way you're supposed to live. That's not the way I taught you to live. Well, Jesus is the way, not only to God in eternity, but he's also the way of living that we are to follow as we walk with him and as we live in his presence. And again, as we read uh, the gospel lesson, uh, Jesus begins this particular discussion in this way. He says, trust the Father, trust also me. You trust the Father, trust also in me. In other words, he's telling us that if we want to live a life that truly is valuable and important, live with faith and confidence that the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, definitely loves us. They have a love for us. The Father loves us so much that he gave his son Jesus to die for us. Jesus loves us so much that he gave himself as a sacrifice for us. He didn't come here to be served by us. He came here to serve us and to give his life for us. And God the Holy Spirit loves us so much that he wants to walk with us through every day of our life, here and on in to eternity as well. You see, in the gospel lesson, Jesus clearly teaches us that to see Jesus is to see God himself. He is the picture perfect of God. God is faithful in keeping his promises. We see that in Jesus. He is faithful in his love for us. We see that in Jesus. He is faithful in leading his, us on the way of life that is the best way for us to live. And that way of faith is to trust God for our eternity and our every day. Follow him in love for our Lord. Follow him in love for others. Follow him even in love for ourselves. And as we follow him, then we will be serving others and we'll also be people who are willing to sacrifice. That's the way of life. That's the way of Jesus. Now, as we listen to these particular ways of living that Jesus places out before us, might also remind us of this day, Mother's Day. The reason that so many mothers are held in such high esteem is because they've lived on the pattern of Christ. They've been living the pattern that Jesus has placed before us as Christians. They trust God's love for them. They trust that God is faithful. They live with that same kind of love for their families and for others. They are willing to live lives of service and sacrifice for the good of others. 
they are living the way of Jesus. Living the way of Jesus. Please join me in saying that statement. Living the way of Jesus. You know, I must confess that usually when I hear about when Jesus says, I am the way, I have a picture of a six-lane interstate highway free of traffic, no traffic snarls, uh, and, uh, and it's easy to, to go on. But that's probably not the picture that Jesus was giving, and it's certainly not the pictures that his disciples had in mind. Now, one of the studies we've been using here at Christ Our King on Sunday mornings is uh, by Ray Vanderland, and uh, uh, it's a video series entitled That the World May Know. And in that particular series, what uh, uh, Ray does is he takes his viewers on what we might call tour guides, uh, a tour, uh, on tour guides of the lands of the Bible. And he takes us into places that few tourists ever get to travel in these biblical lands. For example, he takes us into the desert wilderness where the people of Israel lived for 40 years. When Jesus said, he is the way to the Father, that's probably the picture he had in mind. Now, when I first saw this picture, I thought, there is no way that there is a way through that. Seems impossible. It seems impossible. But believe it or not, there really is a path that leads through this mountain pass onto the other side. And this path enables travelers to save days and days and days of difficult walking. Here is a picture of the path. Can you see it? Right in here. That's not what we usually would call much of a path. But you can see that um, it is a path as narrow as it is and as rocky as it is. And we can also see why in this desert terrain such as this, it's so important for us to have a guide or for people to have a guide. And as we look at the desert landscape we can also realize how foolish it would be for a person to say, uh, to tell the guide, uh, well, look, uh, you go on ahead. You go on ahead. I'm going to stay back here uh, and do a little exploring on my own. And in a couple of days, I'll come and catch up with you. And that would be foolish of anybody in that kind of terrain to do that. And probably would be deadly as well. And yet this is exactly what we do. This is exactly what we do. When we begin to think, uh, Jesus, uh, I don't think I'm going to be following you today. I think I'm going to go off on my own. I think I'm going to do some of the things that I think are important to me. And so we wind up uh, neglecting reading and studying God's Word. Or we rush into the day without a thought of uh, devotions or prayers we go through the entire day without even thinking about Jesus and his love for us. Uh, we neglect uh, admitting our sins and turning to God for forgiveness that we need from him or seeking forgiveness that we need from others. Uh, we get off the path as we chase after all kinds of material things or as we try to find happiness apart from our Savior. 
how easily we can become separated from him, separated from the real and the genuine way of life that he alone has for us. Jesus is not only the way to the Father and to eternity. Jesus is the way of life that is worth living. Now, it's hard to believe, but there are actually people who live in this area today. Uh, there are nomadic people who are called the Bedouin. And they regularly use these paths uh, like this to lead their sheep from one area to another. Now, the Bedouins also have uh, a uh, saying that can be roughly translated like this. As you walk the path, kick some rocks out of the way for those who are following you. As you walk the path, kick some rocks out of the way for those who are following you. You see, like these paths, life has plenty of rocks that get in our way. It might be circumstances that we encounter. Uh, it might be people who are gladly throwing as many obstacles in our way to make us trip and fall. But Jesus, our guide, is telling us, I am the way not only to the Father, but I'm also the way that is worth living. Come and follow me and stay close to your guide. Keep close. And as you follow me, kick some rocks out of the way so that those who are following behind may have a clearer path. Now, today being Mother's Day is another annual tradition that we have here at Christ our King. Uh, it's an uh, annual tradition of how do we embarrass our teenagers. And so we're asking for teen talk. You know what a teen talk is? We ask our teenagers to come forward for uh, a talk, okay? So we'd like all of our teens who are here today uh, to stand up and come on up here. Don't be, we're not, I'm not going to embarrass you that much, but come on, teens. I know you're back there. Uh, do we have to force you? Just come on up and have a chair here in front, okay? Thank you very much. Come on up. All right. Really appreciate you, the teens, doing that. Okay. <clears throat> you can sit down in front here, okay? So I, I'll try not to embarrass you too much, okay? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Very good. Whoops, don't sit on the flower. Okay. <clears throat> well, thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> now, uh, uh, as teens, I'm very appreciative of you coming up here today. Um, let's do it this way. Any way? No way. Yes way. The way. Uh, whether we realize it or not, or probably one of the most important questions you're going to be asking yourself is, how can I best live this life? What way is truly best for me to live that it can be important and help me pursue joy and happiness? Now, in our world today, there are going to be plenty of people who give you different answers to that. They're basically going to say, I'm a guide, trust me. I'm a guide, trust me. One of the answers they give is, uh, anyway, anyway. 
And these are people who say, you know, I don't know. You can try different ways. All the different ways that I've tried just don't seem to work out. So uh, any way uh, that you want to, just go ahead and do it. But uh, all of these people, in giving us those particular types of advice, uh, only fill us with doubt and uncertainty. Now, there are other people who say, no way. And a lot of people in our society are saying, no way. And what they're saying is, there's no real way of living. It's all up to you. Just do whatever you think. There's no meaning and purpose in life. We're basically like a, uh, a racquetball that's being bounced around from one uh, corner uh, of the room to another. No real direction or purpose. And uh, all you can do is just try to make it the best that you can. And after this life is over, there's nothing but non-existence. No way. No way. There are other guides who say, oh, yes way, yes way. And these are the guides that will be very enthusiastic. And they will tell you, yes, there is a way. It's in following the stars. Or it's in following another religion that teaches you you got to do all of these works. Or it's in following a celebrity. Or it's in following uh, some sport that you want to do. Or some kind of career or occupation. Just follow that and you're going to, find, you're going to have a way. The problem with all of those is eventually they all crumble. They all collapse. They don't work. Any way, no way, yes way. But then there is the way, the way. And this is the guide who has been there and done that. This is a guide, not a guide who is based on theory. This is a guide who has actually lived through the experience. Jesus, the way, who lifts us up out of our sins by his forgiveness Jesus, the way, who has been there and done that by going through death, the grave, and living a new life that says, I've got life ahead for you for eternity. Jesus, the way, who has been there and done that and tells us this is the best way of living. For you see, there's no other person in all of history who has led a more valuable life than Jesus. Nobody. Nobody. And if we want to live a valuable life, let the one who has lived the most valuable life be our guide. Christ Jesus. That's who we want to follow. Jesus the way. Been there, done that. Who leads us every day on the way of life. Now, today is Mother's Day, and I'm sure that you've already thanked your moms and uh, showed them your appreciation and things, you know, and grandparents, uh, and I hope you continue to do that. Uh, but 20 years from now, uh, when you have families and careers of your own, and uh, you're raising your family, and uh, maybe you're uh, doing some research work in the medical field, or perhaps you're a CEO of a, of a large company, or maybe even a missionary to a faraway foreign nation like California, or, uh, you know, no matter what you're doing, 
what you're doing. It's going to dawn on you. Today is Mother's Day. I got to call mom. I got to call mom. So you call mom and you visit with her and uh, you thank her for her mother and, and being your mom and stuff like that. Here's how I would encourage you to close the conversation. When you're ready to hang up the phone or stop the conversation, say, by the way, mom, thanks for kicking the rocks. Thanks for kicking the rocks out of my way. And I want to assure you, I'm still on a path. I'm still on a path. And I'm kicking rocks out of the way for your grandparents, your grandchildren, so that they can follow along more easily. And when you finish that conversation, you say that to your mom, I think your mom's going to respond this way. She's going to say, Dear Jesus, Thank you for giving me such a wise, such a faithful, such a loving child. Amen.